Welcome to SlayerFest98. I'm Emma Frost, Dead Eyes, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me as my co-host for this episode, I have... God, I can't even remember what I said as your intro, Adam. <laughs> the coin in Kevin Bacon's brain, Adam Sass. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you want to introduce their lovely guests that we have for this episode today? Absolutely. We are joined by Emma Frost's fur collar. Victor. Noted Typhoonicorn. <laughs> Jack's exclamation point. How are you doing? <laughs> and last but not least, Bobby Drake's Spirit Fingers. What's up, y'all? It's Charlie. Hi. Um, I'm so glad you all could join us to talk about X-Men First Class. Um, Dax texted me yesterday to say, I take Venmo as payment for watching this movie. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard to get through again. I forgot. I honestly like blocked out most of it. Um, yeah, it was... It was a journey. I, yeah. I did it though. I wonder, <laughs> I I wonder like if all movies from 2011 have aged this poorly. Uh, no, they they have not. They, okay, they good never, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, just this one. Um, I, I feel like I need reparations for this situation, but that's fine. That's fine. This is truly, and this is like truly enjoyed some renewed hatred um, for this movie. Like I feel like now that we're like finally closing the chapter on the 20th Century Fox uh, X Men, we are like, oh, by the way, first class is really not great yeah i you know i so i like put it on hbo and the mm-hmm. moment immediately i was like this movie is over two hours are you kidding me <laughs> like we i mean adam and i recorded for last stand and that movie felt like it was really long but realistically what adam i think it's like an hour and 40 minutes last stand um i noted our episode on last stand lasted half an hour longer than the actual movie last stand um it was an hour and 40 minutes yeah i uh, do you, does anyone remember um seeing this in theaters because i genuinely don't remember oh that. i definitely did i was the opening night girl i was like we got i, I mean like i mean like with, with these kind of movies it's like i feel required by law and obligated to see them in theaters opening night i just do i know i'm gonna be let down but I'm always like, maybe it won't be the worst, and then it always is the worst. I mean, I, I can't go, I can't go alone because then because then I have, have like things to say and nowhere to talk to about it. Um, so I have to go with someone who actually has read the source material, and and their knowledge of, of X Men is more than just like the '90s cartoon or the movies, because otherwise I got too much to say about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I think pretty much everybody I saw it with was just like sort of just this very cash fan of the films a little bit, and so they were mm-hmm. all just like, "All right, okay, all right, that was good." While yeah, I was I mean, left to wrestle with my emotions. Yeah, I. I went to see this before I moved out to Los Angeles. I think it was one of the last movies I saw in Brooklyn, where I'm from. And I saw it with my dad. And I remember going into it. It's like, I'm just going to accept that this is not going to be an X-Men movie. This is whatever the hell they're doing to just try and revitalize the franchise. And I also really like Matthew Vaughn as a filmmaker. So that's kind of where I was coming from. And I also really liked Mad Men, so I knew January Jones was in it, so that hyped me up a bit, but then I saw January Jones in it, and I was like, oh, oh girl. But it's- See, I mean, like, I never watched, oh, sorry, I never watched Mad Men, so January Jones, like, I knew her as, like, a blonde lady, end of end of list, and, and it just, I mean, like, in the still shots, like, production shots, she looked cute, and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it, but then it just kind of 
didn't happen. So <laughs> I mean, it's just like Emma Frost is so she's not just like any other mutant. She is just so canonically like the vibe that yeah, like she's not just better than you. Like she's just yeah. better than you. Like so if you're not radiating that mega energy, it's just yeah. gonna be weird. Yeah. yeah. Victor Victor, did you remember how like how you felt seeing this? Yeah, I went to the arc light to see it, you know, I was excited and I only I feel like I only went to even though I don't like Emma Frost, I think I only went just to see Emma Frost, if that makes any sense. <laughs> That's valid. That's totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's such an icon, you know, it's like I mean like she's been such a part of, of the X Men like lore for so very long. You know, I mean and and to finally have her in a movie and have lines and then it still be a letdown. You're like, oh, God damn it. Like, <laughs> like, what are we even doing, you guys? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, it was, I'm, I'm very, like, I'm, like, I, I'm, I love that they rebooted it to, like, the 60s. I think that was just such a strong stylistic choice, um, you know, as Charlie said, which was, but, like, um, I, I'm just wondering why they didn't do, like, a, like, an original Batman series or James Bond thing to it and just, like, this is a new thing. Like, they tried to make it so like it was all the same timeline and it just it, that's so cumbersome to do that unless you were like actively planning it from the start yeah this could have just been a magneto movie with sexy ass michael fassbender and i would have been happy yeah but i mean i mean that that was that was like like the talk originally like after um like like wolverine origins they were gonna do like magneto origins and they all talked about doing a storm origins movie those never happen but i don't know just we could all just wrap everything up by saying brian singer is the worst he was involved somewhere along the lines he had a hand in shit he was the one who started this, started this whole like ship on its course downward so he's the worst also sex offender either way He's the worst. So. Did anybody read that Vanity Fair that just came out, like, basically saying, like, I'll look back at the 20 years, and everybody is like, Brian Singer, he, he was a, he was cruel to me. He was terrible. Like, every single, yeah. every single yeah. time he showed up somewhere. But, boy, he directed this. What Like, it was, like, I weird. Mean, I mean, so you know what? He made a movie. That, I he mean, but, bless me. He, he, it's a movie. It was finished. So right. I'm go. like, what are we saying right now? It was, it was, it was definitely printed and released and made money, and it exists. And that, that's what he did. He did it. Right. Job done. Dishes are done here. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe I'm the only one who may feel like this, but I really didn't. They could have left Magneto out. I I mean, we don't need him. We don't. We don't. I mean, I love Michael Fassbender the most, but, like, we didn't. I mean, I can watch him in those gray sweatpants all day long. It's fine. But, like, honestly, like, we didn't need him. I mean, this cast really was just sort of, like, a big who's who of who was in Vogue in 2010, 2011. Yeah, and, and also random, like, X-Men all thrown together because we haven't used them yet. Like, you know, that's just yeah, it. I mean, like, they, they make no sense. I mean, for me, like, the overall lack of diversity just, like, stressed me out. It's like, oh, cool, we have all these X-Men. Oh, look, there's a black guy. Oh, look, there's Zoe Kravitz. Oh, no, he's dead. And uh, now she leaves. Like, you know, it's like... Yeah. And, 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 and even, like, you know, like, Banshee wasn't even actually Irish. I mean, like, he could have been, like, of the lineage from Boston, but, like, he's not even, like, so we're not, we're not even multicultural. We're just, like, a bunch of white kids in the 60s. Cool. Let's watch that all day long. Like, 
And the same with Mora. And the same with Mora. She wasn't even yeah. black. She wasn't even Scottish. She wasn't even Scottish. Like, yeah, she was reduced to a, I mean, not to say being an agent is reduced, but she's a doctor. And I was like, she now she's always angels. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she, she was more, she was more canon and better in Last Stand. Like, let's be real. Like, right. which is like, wild to say. I'm telling you, it was <laughs> like, like this was this came out a week and a half after Bridesmaids, and it was maddening to go from Bridesmaids to seeing Rose Byrne. <laughs> yeah, so utterly unused. I, yeah, I fully agree. Because she's actually amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you kind of forget because she's got, she's got like, like, she's like, like, kind of like you know, just like a, a basic like white lady face. But like, but honestly, she's actually really talented and really pretty and really good in most things she does. This was just a complete misuse of her and Zoe Kravitz. Like, it was a waste of time. Well, and like her first scene, ugh, that first scene is like her stripping off her clothes yeah. and getting her underwear, yeah. and I'm like, oh god, come on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, comics, folks, I like. I have a question here. Like, so um, the character Darwin, we, we um, Dax just mentioned, like, like, oh, there's the, there's the one black character and, and he's killed. Like, I heard online, like, I was reading online, like, this character in the comics, correct me if I'm wrong, like, is pretty unkillable. Yes. yes. That's, like, his whole thing. Yeah. That's literally his whole thing. He cannot die. Like, in that- the X-Men story, um, apparently you know, there, there, was a, there was a group of X-Men before we got Storm, well, in between Gene and Storm in that group. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't survive the first attack or that attack when they went to, I forgot you know, where he went to at the point. But at the, but Darwin survived. He was like trapped somewhere in space or like on a moon rock or something like that. So it was like, yeah, he could survive that. And I thought he was going to survive what was happening in the movie. But when I saw that happen, I was like, okay, I'm out. I was kind of done yeah. with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, Darwin again is like you know definitely like a reference. Like you know, he's he's definitely not like top tier X Men whatsoever. But right. but I mean, like his entire thing is that he cannot be killed. And then oop, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> like here we go. Never mind. Six degrees gone. Which the character literally says before he's killed. Like yeah. well, like yeah. not yeah. even a. He's not even like killed in this giant heroic battle like he's literally just kevin bacon walks up to him and like bloops him to death yeah 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 just like he's like boop just like disintegrates his out i also noticed that when um shaw or sebastian shaw was talking about you know this whole mutant situation when he was talking to them he was talking about enslavement and the first thing that they do is cut to Darwin, they talk about. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the whole thing is incorrect. <laughs> oh, oh, fully. Well, and that I mean, that's I think the movie. Once we got to the end, so I watched this movie in two parts because I did not enjoy it so much. Because you had to take a break. No, 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 it took me like like four hours to get through. So I was like, I gotta take a break, girl. I gotta like, I gotta go like do some laundry, feed my cat. Like I can't, I can't. I gotta go somewhere. Like and getting through these X Men movies has been the Elaine Bennis like bad sub card. Like I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, are there more bad movies than good ones? Like yeah, it was, Adam, it was Adam's idea. Everyone, it was Adam's idea. And I have a font yeah there's there's sort of an afterglow that i really thought was there but it's, it's really just x1 x2 and 
<laughs> and even then, and even, I, and even then, it just it's faded. And even because okay, like I mean, X one and X two for me, like whenever Storm was not on screen, I was like, oh, this is fine, this is okay. But then here comes Halle Berry and her goddamn bell sleeves flouncing around with her bangs. I'm like, no, girl, you gotta go. You gotta you gotta leave, ma'am. Oh, that you cannot be here. Spider Man, like <laughs> uh, her, her 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 like Courtney Cox baby bang fringe. Oh my god, I could not handle that. Their little it fingers. Oh, I'd be so offended. Oh, so offended. Oh. And then, then they had to recall her accent. It was a whole thing. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Although I'm, I'm always glad when they get rid of an accent. If the actor can't do it, I'm like, please don't make me. Please don't make me listen to this accent. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. But she is so pretty. <laughs> she is just so pretty. You know what? I gotta give Holly Berry some more props. Oh, yeah. Uh, she told Brian Singer to kiss her black ass because on X2, <laughs> a stunt went wrong. And Brian Singer was... Probably on a uh, ton of drugs and asleep in his trailer or something like that, and they all confronted him in costume in his trailer, which makes me yeah. We finally got the origin more. of that famous line because we never really knew like like and in what context she had said it. And and, 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 and that's notorious that Brian Singer was known for like just like like skipping off set and taking a nap in his trailer or like doing math or like touching boys or whatever. Like I mean, it's just I mean like it's it it's been known. That like he just like will like leave for a couple days and then just show up like okay let's make a movie and it's like we've been making movie dude like where have you been like that's so chaotic I'm on, on Epstein's yacht probably let's go I mean so, like I mean that's where he was like let's be real God um, he's a fucking yeah, track person <laughs> yes. so Brian Singer killed up Jeffrey Epstein is that what you're saying <laughs> oh yeah totally okay. oh she had a hand in something okay. <laughs> she directed it she directed mm-hmm. it. yeah a, a question I had which I don't know if you all noticed is. I'm not sure how old Mystique is supposed to be. Um, no one does. Oh, <laughs> no just begins the big how old is everybody thing. Right. <laughs> we should not open that can because honestly, it's just going to be a big old trap because I mean like there's plenty of holes to poke already. That's a whole different one though because I mean like I mean like look, if this is in the 60s, by the time they get to the second one they're in the 80s and then they go into the 90s and everyone looks the same. Like come on now. That's been 10 years between each movie and no one's aged a day. And that's cool. I mean, sure, sure. Just because so <laughs> she calls she calls Xavier an old fart, and that hurt my thirty seven year old feelings. Um, but Never say like, your age, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, she does that thing where she's like, "Would you date me? Would you date me like this?" Yeah, but I mean, and, but his internalized mutant phobia is just like it's real. Like uh, he's like, "Oh, right. oh you're blue." It's like, "Thanks, <laughs> racist." Like, geez. <laughs> like. You funny, yeah. only if you're Caucasian with a full head of hair. Got it. Got it. Like, <laughs> like the funny thing about this is like, so now we're entering into this new mystique where, so the mystique design was like originated for like, she was just going to be this, this look. She was just going to be the look. Like she didn't, she had like two lines. It was just this, like the power was in the look. Then we took this look and we added like monologue after monologue after moment after after like so much dialogue. And it's just weird how weird this makeup looks with someone fully nonstop talking. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's because, I mean, it's because the fanboys, the straight fanboys got super hard over Rebecca Romaine being topless the entire time. They're like, oh, her boobs are there. Let's talk about that all the time. So she became popular and became a popular costume and and popular recreation and like I mean like nerds and like message boards and shit were talking about her for years after the first one came out and it's because of that and they're like oh well people love Mystique the most and it's like no they just want to jerk off to something like they're not actually they don't care about the character um right. 
Mystique is not that interesting, to be fully honest. I mean, she's a survivor. She's conniving. She's sneaky. You can't trust a bitch. Like, but, <laughs> but I mean, she's not like the main character. I mean, her solo book did not do well. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we don't need that much Mystique in our lives. Um, there are far more interesting characters to choose from. Because I feel like they just wanted to use Jennifer Lawrence and they could have they cast did. her as someone else. Oh, right? anyone else. Literally anyone else. Yeah, like, like it did, she didn't have to be Mystique. Like it didn't matter. And Mystique does nothing in this movie. Like she does no. nothing. Yeah. And her like even in like the final battle, which I think is like the best part of the movie, questionably question mark. I don't know. It she doesn't do like she has no purpose. She doesn't help. She doesn't fight. She doesn't really. Eh. Like she does more yeah. in the other movies. The, the only time she actually like you know um, partakes in the battles at the very end when she like, sh- shows up as Shaw and she's right. like, "Hey, it's me." And then and then Banshee, or whoever I can't remember who she's been like talking to. I, I don't even know. Who. I think it was oh, Azazel. I don't know. Was it yeah, Beast? Yeah. Beast and Azazel. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then and Azazel bamps out of the way and then Beast claws him in the chest. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, that that happened. And then she's like, smile and nod. It's like, or you could just have stayed on the jet, girl. Like, you're fine. Like, it's fine. We didn't actually need you for anything. So we meet Emma Frost. Um, oh, we do. Really kills me. Um, mm-hmm. Victor, as someone, you said you went to see it for Emma Frost. I'm, I'm curious what you thought of her once we saw her. You know, I enjoyed January's portrayal of her. I might be the only one on that one. I thought it was fine. <laughs> yep. Uh, <but> in fact. <laughs> that Shaw treated her not really as an equal. It was that one scene where he was like, I need ice, and she had to go and cut ice for him. Um, yeah. But it was like, I was I was sitting there going, you know, Emma could actually take you out. So I don't know right. why, you know, you know, he's treating her that way. But I didn't, I enjoyed her in this movie. Um, I was confused with why they wanted to bring her diamond shape in. Um, yeah, because it wouldn't have been there at that timeline. It would. Yeah, she would have had the mutation. Yet. So I just felt like, okay, y'all just overdid it. Yeah. But I appreciate her outfits. I mean, I got into her outfits and her look. See, see, like I didn't. I mean, only because I mean, like her first look. It's like it is reminiscent of what Emma Frost would wear. But I felt like her fur trimmed cape was like just shoddily made. Um, I felt like her bra wasn't period accurate. I felt like they only tried to make it like sixties by giving like, giving like, a little little like like micro mini skirt and like the and like the uh, the garter boots were kind of a cute look. But like I just didn't feel it didn't feel period accurate enough to be in the sixties. It didn't feel like structured enough to be Emma because Emma is like yeah she's sexy and half naked but like it's like fetishy and like you know like hard and like dominant you know not just like I'm wearing a little bra and I'm just gonna walk around these pumps it's like no 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 she's not like a regular stripper like if she's in this like like um like burlesque club situation she's the she's the madam she's the one who's running the show she's not gonna dress like the rest of the girls she's not gonna look like that she's gonna be more covered and more together like I loved her white cat suit moment I love a white yeah. cat suit always. A very yeah. Emma Peel situation. Digging that. Um, her hair was never big enough at all. That's just <laughs> obvious. Um, and, and, like, I don't know. Like, just a lot of things that she wore were just, like, I loved her, like, fur hat cape situation. That was cute. I was very into that situation. Um, <laughs> and, 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 like, but, like, the diamond skin didn't need to be there either. Emma, I, I think Emma's more deadly when she does, doesn't have a diamond skin because she's going to use all of her tricks to, to fuck you up, you know? Um, I don't, I, I, I think she's more dangerous when she is defenseless to some extent because she's going to fight and she's going to, you know, take a low blow. 
but that's just a personal choice, I think. Oh, yeah, Charlie, what did you think of Emma? You know, actually, while you were both talking, I thought of Joss Whedon's take on Emma Stone in Astonishing X-Men and how well-written her voice was in that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think Emma Frost has this delicious moral ambiguity that they didn't really tap into here. She was just kind of a cipher for Sebastian Shaw. So she was really just heartbreakingly underutilized. I would have really liked to see Emma Frost interact with Mystique and have them kind of build each other up and have some kind of rapport and kind of have Emma push Mystique to be like, no, you're a bad bitch. Don't listen to Charles and kind of just have more of that just because I feel that that would have given Emma Frost more to do and it also would have had Mystique look to another woman for empowerment instead of just men that she wanted to sexualize her so it kind of they really underutilized Emma and Mystique just by having them in service of the men and not really contemplating what they were outside of their desirability so it really it was a letdown because emma frost is just a badass bitch and in this she was icing drinks and just yeah. getting tied to that post you know yeah because i mean like because emma like i love emma because she is a stone cold bitch but like when she respects somebody even though she's not friendly it's still like there's this, this still like 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 feeling of like underlying respect. Like she might make a cutting comment and be snide because that's just who she is. But she doesn't push shit too much. I mean, like the woman she like she like doesn't respect. Like you know when she interacts with them in comics, like Susan Storm, who she does not respect. Um, Carol Danvers, she does not respect. But then you know like the way she talks to them versus how she talks to Storm, um, or even Jean Grey, um, is completely different. I mean, like. Yeah, she's still bitchy, but, like, she also can work well with them, and she can also um, kind of relate to them because they're, on, they're, they're closer to her level. No one's ever going to be on her level, but they're closest to her level, you know? Jean and uh, Storm are people she might, if she had a pick to fight with her, she might make fun of their outfits, but she, she knows she can count on them, and she would trust them to, like, fight uh-huh. with her, mm-hmm. right? Um, totally. But uh, so also I wanted to point out that when she's in her diamond form, it looks like one of those like Instagram filters where it like puts your eyes and mouth on something else. <sighs> that CG <laughs> stressed me out so hard. And, and the fact that like every time her clothes turn diamond also, I'm like, girl, can we just not? Can we just not? And, and, and also, and also if you look, her hair never matches up. Nope. <laughs> it's always the same hairstyle when she turns diamond form, even though her hair changes in every scene that she's using her diamond form in. And then also when Eric, you know, uh, wraps the bedpost around her or whatever, her neck starts cracking. It's literally diamond. He can't do that. Like, that's not like, if it was like, if it was like, I don't know, like, like crystal or like, or like glass, like I get it, but no, it's literally diamond. Why is it crackling under, under a, Shitty brass bedpost. I don't understand. Like that's a good point. Right. That's a good point. The, the <laughs> amount of pressure it would take to crush a diamond. Come on, come on, dude. Let's 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 get let's get it together. Let's get it together. <laughs> like that's the thing. It just feels like it doesn't live in the real world. Yeah, it was funny how they grabbed her. Like, how are you going to grab a diamond without getting right? Or like you could like cut. You, like somebody like cuts their hand up, like just trying to grab. I mean, like I mean, like her diamond form does not give her super strength, so that's fine. But like at the same time. The idea of it being crushed 
by anything is just like that's that's not how that works at all like i mean like her being bound or restrained cool i'll go with that but her actively being damaged that's the whole point of that form it, it can't be done um so, i mean well so, storm did send that rebar through her that one time but that's a whole different story so it's fine <laughs> so i wanted to i wanted to the thing i do i mean this movie i i, I this movie is like 10 different movies mishmashed together oh um, it's a but, lot i just but i will say that. yeah i will say the thing i like which I wanted to bring Charlie back in because I know that you like this movie more than the rest of us. I do like the like re- Nazi revenge. I don't always love a Nazi story with a superhero, but I like Magneto getting revenge. Like I thought that fit his character. That it he's, does, like, definitely. Searching out these Nazis and just like absolutely killing them. And like, you know, as that, you know, as Quentin Quire said, Magneto was right. Like it's yeah, like, yeah. yes, fucking get these Nazis, motherfucker. And like, and I'm on his side, and I kind of appreciated that. I mean, at the end, I get annoyed when Xavier's like, no, you can't kill the Nazi. Like, just, no, let him fucking... Let him, let him, yeah, they're stand. Nazis. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it also gave us, you know, um, Eric in polo shirts and a wetsuit and other forms of pants. <laughs> so I'm into that. I'm, I'm already here for that. I mean, like, and this is something that, like, we have talked about many times on this podcast. It has come up when we have been talking about all these different movies. It is a very fashionable sort of theme to be like don't kill the killer then you're just as much of a killer as the killer is and it's just like and it and it's literally like just killed the emperor like just like (laughs) yeah yeah, what are we doing fuck him okay i have i have thoughts on just how charles was up on his fucking pedestal this whole movie uh i so let's all acknowledge that they made Charles a fuckboy. That's yes, totally okay. Uh, That's totally, yeah. I mean, a groovy fuckboy. Yeah, yeah, a groovy <laughs> fuckboy uh, who used the same lines and Mystique was like scoffing and rolling her eyes in the background. I think yeah. that if you're looking at this movie structurally, I think that Magneto, Professor X, and Mystique all symbolize three different things. Magneto symbolized pain and rage. Charles represented hope and Mystique represented self-love. That's really what they were trying to float the entire movie on. It could have worked if they just tried to do those as three separate movies, like we all said. I do think that there was something, the moments that really clicked well in the movie for me were when they just had two-person scenes where people were just trying to connect person to person. I really liked, I, I just have to say, the most beautiful scene in the movie is the scene where Raven shows up in Eric's bed out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, do you want me this way? Do you want me this way? Do you want me that way? It was a very, it was obviously somebody who had such a low amount of self-esteem and self-love and had never seen herself and other people. So she only transformed into other people. So for her to be seen in such an authentic way and for somebody to really encourage her to step into her own really tapped into something for me. And I thought that having Magneto be the person to do it was an interesting choice, but still problematic because it was a man that she was trying to sleep with telling her who she should be. And she didn't find that out on her own. Uh, but I definitely, yeah, Ian, like you said, I think 
Michael Fassbender has a lot of charisma. I think he's very watchable. Having him be Nazi Hunter for an entire movie, especially with the cinematography and just the scoring, and you kind of hear little hints and drops of Magneto's theme in the bar before he goes balls to the wall at the very end. But yeah, if they would have kept it smaller and just focused on those three characters without bringing in all the bells and whistles, we would be talking about a much different movie. But they just, totally. they try to do too much. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, I only disagree in one aspect of that. I feel like Charles represents privilege, just full privilege. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, only because, only because like, you know, while, while Eric is trying to encourage Mystique to like, you know, be herself and, and accept herself for who she is and how she looks, Xavier is like, as soon as she shows up in front of Charles and she's blue and he's not, not looking and he's like, oh, you're gorgeous. And he looks at her. He's like, wear your clothes, cover up immediately. It's like, and even <laughs> she says, it's like, mutation's only cool when it's, you know, pretty or invisible. And it's like, that's how Charles sees it. I mean... You know, Charles yeah. grew up with, like, all this luxury and all this money, all these things, and he's all these, like, great ideals about, like, living together and working together. But it's, like, he's not living in the real world because he never actually had to live in the real world. Like, Eric had nothing. Mystique had nothing. And they had to, mm-hmm. like, scratch and claw and get themselves to a place where they were re- relatively safe, whereas Xavier had a mansion to just, like, hide, hold, hold up in, and he didn't have to worry about that. And I think it really comes through in, the, in like, how he treats women around him and he uses his powers to like flirt and to like get what he wants. But I mean, Xavier always has been a sociopath. That's that's just that's just that's just who he is. Um, Storm never trusts him. I never trusted him either. So I mean, that's just who Xavier <laughs> is. Um, and, and and I like they showed him kind of in that light, but they didn't really like like acknowledge acknowledge it. It's like you see him using his powers to like flirt at bars and shit, but like you don't go deeper into what that actually means or where that actually comes from. You know, like he has the power to get whatever he wants from whoever he wants to, whenever he wants it, and he is really loose with his morals about it. So <laughs> I don't know. I just never like Xavier as a person. So yeah, and Adam, you mentioned this in our recording for Last Stand, how we get like a pinch of Xavier being kind of like a pompous dickhead, and I kind of like, like you said, Dax, it's there. They don't like tell us that that's what they're doing, but it's there, and like as viewers we can like see like you know we see him when moira goes for him for help he's doing like you know the like drinking out of the giant beer glass and everyone's like shouting and he's going to flirt with that girl he used he flirted with in the beginning and i and i appreciate that they're not presenting him because i do think yeah he's like uh he's like privileged and but yet he's like yes i want all mutants but like "Mm, not those mutants but like all mutants and like "Mm, not attracted to those ones and i kind of appreciate seeing that a little bit from like the like quote unquote like you know mutant messiah i kind of yeah. like seeing that to their credit michael fassbender and james mcavoy just their chemistry is so good and they're good actors i don't know that the the movie is doing a good job of that but i think their acting is doing a good job of showing us the intricacies of them fully, uh, Victor, fully, yeah. yeah i think that if charles xavier were a real person and just a gay man in real life he would be the type to say no fast no femmes Oh, totally. Oh, without a question. I mean, I mean, the fact alone that, like, you know, like Storm comes clean of the Morlocks, and then Xavier is like, mm, they can't really live here though, so it's fine. Like they can stay, they can stay in the sewer. They're fine there. They're happy there. It's fine. It's cute. For it's them, like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's where they want to be. It's cool. Like, or he just be like casually like, dropping an Instagram picture, just like me and me and twenty friends, and it's like that long <laughs> table of like just the similar looking guy. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just like it's like Scott, Corsair, Alex, uh, <laughs> Bobby. Uh, yeah, it's, any, it's anyone yeah. blonde with abs. <laughs> like, <laughs> EB Brian Singer. If, if that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And then Brian Singer, the head of the table. <laughs> so um, we get the like the the. So another thing that really is weird. I mean, I know I already said it, it's like ten movies, but like. When Shaw and Emma escape and they're in that giant fucking submarine that's like yeah. attached to the yacht. With no bathroom, by the way. We see the entire sub. Is there a bathroom? I didn't see one. <laughs> like, am, I, am, 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 I, am I wrong? Like, we see the front of the sub. We see the middle of the sub. We see the back of the sub. Ain't no bathroom. Bitch, what you gonna do? <laughs> so many big sets. Because then right after that, it's like they go to talk to the government and then they get this. I forgot. Like, uh, until I did the rewatch, I forgot that they don't even go to Xavier's mansion till like, the last, like, 40 minutes. They don't, yeah. They're at this, like, weird X-Men facility just, that, like, Beast is like, at. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're at that um, weird, like, like CIA facility that's, like, off-site or whatever. And they have, yeah. a, they already have Cerebro just chilling for just no there. reason. Just for no reason. Right? I built this last month just because I was not, thought it was fun. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. No reason. NBD. And so we get, you know, he goes to Cerebro, he, they put on the, they put the helmet on him and he says, don't touch my hair because ha ha, he's bald. Because he's going to get bald. <laughs> so lame. Dang. Uh, and so we get the recruiting scene where they like, he, we see like a baby Cyclops, a baby Storm, which doesn't make sense for At how they're supposed to be like In all. the movies. And Storm's uh, wig was bad then. Girl, <laughs> that wig was bad. That poor little girl. That wig was, oh my God, that poor child, her poor mother. (laughs) I just can't, I can't. The only, the only recruiting scene that I thought didn't feel incredibly stale was um, Zoe Kravitz's angel scene. But also that scene had like such like bisexual energy. Like Uh it felt like, right? Like Magneto and Xavier were looking for their third. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah. They were, they were on a bed the entire time getting drunk. Let's go. Like I'm into it. I want to watch that OnlyFans. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh victor what'd you think of the recruiting scenes i i enjoyed a little bit of them i didn't understand banshee um i was like what was the point of you doing what you did in the, in the aquarium but, torturing fish just torturing yeah. fish <laughs> <laughs> the wolverine one was interesting like I, I, at first i thought it was cute now i'm just like that we didn't really need that but okay no we didn't yeah. need that yeah I, that's how I felt too. I, I remember like when I watched it being like, oh, that's funny. But now I'm like, ugh, do yeah. we need Wolverine? Like, did we? We, <laughs> we never need Wolverine. I, I never need Wolverine no. ever. I, I, <laughs> I am the biggest like anti Wolverine person over me because I feel like he's useless and he's not that interesting. Um, I feel like we have pretty much like exhausted the public's interest in Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, but so also, um, the guy that plays Banshee, I don't know about y'all, but I can never not see him as just like a crazy killer because other than this movie, the only other two roles I know him in are in The Last Exorcism where he plays like the crazy religious worship, the like he's part of like that like religious devil worshiping family and then as the like crazy murderous brother and get out and like this and I'm like, okay, oh, that don't was trust him. him. <laughs> I didn't put that together at all. Yeah. He Wow. Um, they brought him into the new Twin Peaks, and he was like kind of a scuzzy, oh, right. similar get out kind of guy to there in there too. Like this, like was he like a Boston street tough? <laughs> he <laughs> just was like this mumble, like this mumble puss. Like he was just like, like just really like you looked at him and you just went, "Ugh, get away from me." 
you know what? We all we all can't have range. It's fine. Like, it's fine. He found what he's good at. Being ginger. Giving everyone the creeps. <laughs> they get everyone together. Um, all the so again, I don't know how. Like, I'm not sure the ages of who any of anyone because Miss Deke is like, it. right? Like, don't look into it. Them, but like, you know, she's been hitting on Charles and Magneto, but also like, like tried to give her chemistry. They tried to give her chemistry with every character, and it just never worked. I mean, um, yeah, had those moments of Beast where they like share longing looks. And it's like, ugh, I don't need this. I mean, she's she's looking to get down. I get it. I mean, like honestly, like if Relatable. I was in a room with Fastbender and Jack Avoy, I'd try it too on both sides. I'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> not you. How's that about your friend? <laughs> like, yeah, like, no. anyone who's available, come join me." <laughs> I mean, like with this cast of of, of Yahoo's, yeah, I'm I'm down for whatever. Like, <laughs> I just have to say, as someone who crushes on pretty much any iteration of Beast, it was rude as shit to like ask this like. Twink. I love Nicholas Holt the most. I love him, I but not him. as these. I, I am into it. I am Where's the beast? I love, I love Nicholas Holt. I mean, ever since Skins, I've been a fan of Nicholas Holt. Like, I'm down. Um, I mean, yeah, he's got kind of a weak jaw, but like, I can look past that. I'm, I'm not shallow, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I require a beast, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, he he was the wrong choice for Hank McCoy. I feel. Yeah, I mean, right. like he's cute in those glasses, and and yeah. like, yeah. I mean, he's adorable, but but at the same time, like, that's not when I think of like original, like first class Hank McCoy. That's not what I think of. I want someone like short and like thick and like stocky and like you know, yeah. I don't first want. I don't want like. I don't want like a, a, a lanky twink. Even though I mean, I'm into it. Like, let's go. But, <laughs> you know, it's not for beast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the kids all like to give each other their names, whatever. They're having fun, showing off their powers, and then Moira, Magneto, and Xavier get there and are like immediately furious mom and dad and it's yeah like, all right everyone relax well, they did relax. break everything so <laughs> but i mean like they weren't they, they couldn't they, they couldn't have been that drunk i mean like who uh, they were like let's go burn the statue down or you could just not do that like you, know? <laughs> you don't actually live here like let's not destroy the entire building but so like it's weird that like they assembled this team and like they don't that's all they do. And then, like, literally after that, the next time we see that team is when Shaw is attacking them and murders Darwin yeah. and Angel goes with them. Like, yeah. And I'm like, so we're not really going to make that a team? Like, we, we that was for nothing? Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so they, they do the thing with Emma Frost. They, like, almost... I was wondering, so Adam and I said this a lot during our last, last stand episode. Like, did January Jones, was she like, you have me for two days and that is it? Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that is exactly how that went down. <laughs> it was very like, clear that so they weird. were squeezing this in between like Mad Men seasons or something. <laughs> they, yeah, oh, no, true. legit, they were. They like filmed between seasons of Mad Men. That's not even that's not even a joke. They like did that. So. Right, Mad Men was like this was like the height of Mad Men. Wasn't it was. It? Oh, yeah. it, it, yeah. it really was. So, because like it's just so weird that like, and she was billed as a main character, and it's like, oh nope. After this, she exits the film, and we see her in like. Five second scene here and a five second scene at the end, and that's yep. she gives you she gives you a, a good few flat lines and then she's out. <laughs> like, and that's a wrap of Daniel Jones. Woo, like, fucking clapping. That's a wrap. Like, no, we're not doing more than one take. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it went down. I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. <laughs> I just feel like this is like one of those rare opportunities where the uh, the, the gay X Men fans and the straight fanboys are 
unfortunately seeing eye to eye on <laughs> I don't think, so. think like we're just straight like, men are idiots uh, that's not like, that's not how that works no, right, they, they, right. They, they, like, we all like we all were like thumbs down I think like in general but they were like no talking and we're like just more fierce like more more this more everything big hair bigger every it's just wrong no. it's not correct no <laughs> and, 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 I mean honestly it could have been saved completely with a British accent am I wrong in that like if she delivered Ingo's lines oh, with, a Brit- with, with like a cunty British accent, oh, it would have been like it would have it would have it, it would have helped exponentially with the performance as a whole. But I don't feel like accent work is a strong choice. So when it comes to January Jones's acting, the big advantage that she had in Mad Men, it, and she acts exactly the same in Mad Men, we get to see scenes of her character alone. And in her own process, process, and just having an interior world, we didn't get any scenes to really know what Emma's mindset was. So it just—I think that her silence was supposed to be depth, but we didn't get to know her, so it just kind of came off as as flat as it was. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it's like it's like it's like Emma had plenty of scenes because, like, I mean, like Emma's one of those girls who like who like she'll let men talk around her and she'll just give them like a look like a really cutting look because like her she's always thinking about something like she's always processing something else you know and i feel like all those scenes she just kind of looked dead-eyed and like she wasn't actually thinking she i mean she looked like she was over the situation but not that she was like actively present in that moment if that makes any sense like when she's like sunbathing on the boat or or when she's being interrogated or whatever and then cuts with the glass of her finger um just those moments it's like she seemed exasperated, but not like enough, you know. Yeah, I just feel yeah. like I feel like I just needed like like more punch from her, you know, because Emma is in control of everything around her at all times. Like she lets you capture her because she chose to do that today. Like she's not gonna just you know like I mean no no one was protected from her from her powers when when she was being interrogated. She could have easily just like taken control of a guard and been like, I'm gonna go now. Call me a car, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, but so we get, so they blow, they, I, do they even, don't they just, they just like leave that government facility, right? And then they go to Xavier's mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that. Then we get, I think the movie picks up for the last like 40 minutes, but, um, because of gray sweatpants. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. I put it, I put in my notes. We don't get these training scenes until after Darwin is dead and Angel is defected. And there are 55 minutes left of this fucking movie. <laughs> I it. Listen, when we got to that part, I was like, all right, here we go. The ending. And then another hour went by and I was like, nope, oh. come on, act four. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this cryptic? Oh. Yeah. Where did you go to school, sir? Like, I feel like no one is listening. You know, like, it's, oh my when, God. When they give Banshee his training sequence um, yeah. and he like first learns that was to cute, scream. Though. That was cute, I, though. Oh my God, see... I put it. I even put it in my notes. I think I made the exact same face Florence Pugh makes when she's the May Queen in Midsummer, and she has all the flowers, and she's just like frowning but covered in flowers. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, I'm supposed to enjoy this scene, but I hate this. I thought it was cute. I mean, well, just falling out of the window was cute, but that, then, then, yeah. Um, but I mean, also, it's like, here's my question: Who was the one to be like, you know what I think? He could probably fly if we give him like a, a flying squirrel cape. That'll be fine. Right. Let's, let's oh, do that right now. Like, like, how, like, you had no time to like theorize this. <laughs> like, you never even seen his powers like beyond him whistling. Um, like, how did? I what did you not gonna kill him? Yeah, and do you care? 
It was a flying squirrel cape, girl. Like, and I love it. I mean, yeah. I love the flying. I love. I, I love that classic training suit flying squirrel cape. Because Storm had one for a minute. Um, Banshee always had one. Obviously, Sirens. I love Sirens. Obviously, because I love Siren. But um, yeah, they just were like, let's just you know tie a parachute to your back and see if that works. I don't know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh charlie what did you think of these training scenes oh my god i just wanted to beat up uh havoc the entire time because he was being such <laughs> a dick i was like really dude he he and charles clearly have a lot in common uh <laughs> yeah just for that i just i'm so upset at how poorly cyclops has been treated in this entire franchise not only did they fuck up his birth order but they yep. introduced his brother like three decades before he was a character. It just, yeah. I am infuriated that Havoc is in this movie. Why is he there? It, there could have put anybody in there. Anybody. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, I do love that like Havoc is such like a fuck boy because Havoc is is a fuck boy. Um, but beyond that, I'm like, you, we didn't need you. We didn't need you here. We could have we could have waited for Lorna to come along and then have a whole new movie. But that's fine. We're just not going to do that. It's cool. Uh, Victor, what did you think of these training scenes? I mean, they were they were fun. I didn't really, I didn't really care for Havoc as much, um, but I enjoyed the Beast. That was kind of a nice thing to, you know, for us to see Beast, but also see him accept himself more um, and really get into his abilities. So I, that was kind of nice to see. But in all, you know, we could have not done that, or it would have been nice to have all of them train at one point where we would have saw more of. Um, more of Darwin and more of Angel do some other mm-hmm. things. That would have been really neat. It would have made more sense because I mean, like, I still don't really know why Angel defected. I have no idea. I have no idea why she still was like was like, I'll go with you, stranger. I just met. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, like, like it I mean, no sense. They were hanging Not out for a little great. while. Some dudes made some comments through a window. She rolls her eyes. They all kind of agree. Yeah, men are dicks. And then, and then next scene, she's like. That sounds good, and just leaves. Like, and she's like, "Oh, you murdered my friend that protected me." Yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah, right. yeah. Just, I'm just gonna go with these guys now. It's fine. I mean, but you know what? It's like also with Angel, I was always confused because it's like I know who Angel is, and it's like trying to make her this like sexy character. That yeah. was never who Angel was. And also, let's not not forget that bitch lays eggs. Let's not forget. <laughs> Let us never forget. I can't. I can't. I can't. She's got a cloaca, ma'am. Like, let's not forget. Like, oh, God. Uh, so um, I will say, I put in my notes, then we see the Cuba stamp, and I groaned because I had forgotten this is all leading up to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had taken my Ambien, so I was like, you know what? I'm good. I can pause it. I'll watch the next 37 you. minutes before recording tomorrow. Oh, my God, I hate you. <laughs> And all my all my like notes towards here are all like misspelled and a mess. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> so they, you know, we get the Xavier grab. So Xavier and crew are in this ship. Um, they when he grabs Banshee and is like, "This is your muscle." I was like, "Ooh, I've seen this porn before." Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like they're yelling and he's like grabbing his neck and he's like, "Now use it," and then like throws him out. They like jumps him out the plane and I'm like. You got some links, girl? (laughs) (laughs) This is, I feel like this, the rest of the movies where we really up the Magneto-Xavier chemistry, uh, because it's weird to realize, like, they haven't actually, in the timeline of this movie, they haven't really known each other that long. No, not at all. 
which I don't know why we didn't start the movie with like they were college friends or something. Yeah, like, some other backstory. Right, yeah, it's like, oh, maybe they like had separated, but they were friends. Because in the timeline, of it's like they didn't really do much together for the chemistry to be earned, but it's just those actors have such good chemistry right. that I'm like, oh yeah, they fucked, let's go. They're lovers, they're in love, you know, like I just... It's weird that they had like Mystique and Xavier be childhood friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this origin story of Magneto. Like, it was... Uh, there's just a whole bunch of choices here. Like, it's just like, a, why do... No one asked. No one wanted, like, to see... Like, who wants to see... Uh, who wanted to see this little girl done up with the with the Mystique, like, body? I, I mean, I yeah. Like, it, I was uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I was the like, that's a naked child. The entire franchise. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and now it's like, all right, here's this little eight year old uh, baby girl. Like she's gonna wear it now. Like it's just it's so weird. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. It, it 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 was a very strange choice. I mean, like, but I mean, I it it, it upset me a little bit. Not it's okay. I need a moment right now on the. But I so Charlie, like, I gotta I gotta go. <laughs> but so Charlie, as the one that has the most positive uh, view of this movie, uh, I I do like. The last 30 minutes i will say i think the 30 last i think the <laughs> the two different movies we had here that could have been enjoyable were like the first 40 minutes and the last 30 minutes um what do you think about like this end where they're actually like all in their outfits and they're all going into battle i think the ending one i actually i did the outfit i don't think that they look terrible i think that they no, did, yeah, I, they I made them look like the premier outfits they had in the 60s when jack kirby and stanley did their thing a thought that popped into my head about Magneto's character arc when I was watching this. In the beginning of the movie, uh, we pretty much watch Magneto get traumatized into using his powers for, quote-unquote, like a greater good for mutant superiority. And by the end of the movie, Magneto becomes Sebastian Shaw. I think the only thing that I kept thinking about when... Magneto was going after Sebastian Shaw's what a hypocrite he was for what he did to Rogue in the first X-Men movie. I'm like, you were traumatized as a child, so now you're going to go traumatize a child? It really, it's just Anna Paquette. It's fine. It's fine. It's, She's fine. No, no that's not Anna Paquette. That's Suke. You know, <laughs> you know, don't touch Suke. You know, I just... So it really speaks to how when you've been abused so much it fucks you up and you kind of become the person you hate so magneto's obsession with sebastian's jaw really corrupts him and to the point where he becomes this person for the rest of the franchise so in watching this movie and getting to the last fight scene i'm like oh it's magneto's movie we're really just seeing everything that propels him forward and he really does adapt that superiority complex and attitude from Sebastian Shaw. So we're seeing Frankenstein become his creator and go on to just form the brotherhood, which I thought was really interesting, really interesting. But again, it was, yeah, it got some layers. I liked it. And that parallel was, was meant to be there. I mean, I mean, cause you know, Sebastian's whole thing is he's like, I know if I nuke the world, they'll all become mutants just like me. If they, if they, if they don't survive, that's fine too. Um, and then, and then Magneto's plan in like X one was that he was going to use this machine to make people into mutants, and if they don't survive, that's fine too. So I mean, it, it was meant to be that that kind of parallel. I mean, 
Obviously, Sebastian's science was flawed because, you know, nuclear fallout is real. Um, but it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting parallel. I, mean, I, th- I feel like it was very intentional. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it, it, but the movie was just a Magneto origin story. I mean, that's really yeah. what it was about. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Charlie, that it, like, especially at the end, you realize, oh, this is Magneto's movie. Not really. Like, they try to make it Magneto, Mystique, and Xavier, but it's mostly Magneto's movie. Um, because it's mostly his origin, right? Like, we don't, there isn't, like, Xavier becoming, it's like, I don't know, they're all just, like, assembling the X-Men, but then it's Magneto becoming Magneto. Um, and that's, like, the beat, literally the beat the movie ends on is that, so that it's more his movie. Victor, what did you think about this end? I, it felt, wow, (laughs) it felt a little weirdly rushed, um, because it was, yeah, when you think about this relationship they're supposed to have and how it kind of came all right, right? It came like really undone at that moment and not some type of understanding. But it was just the way that Eric was very dismissive. You know, like, look what he did to Xavier. Then he blames Mora and not really looking to himself. Like, this is your fault. You did all this. You wouldn't even be in this mess if you didn't try to, you know, take over everything. So it was... It was just kind of like, okay, you know, you kind of screwed up Magneto. But when you think about it, in all these movies, Magneto has never had a great plan. It makes me question him as a leader at, at anything. But it just really kind of soured the whole story to me. Because it, it was like, okay, this happened, that happened. All right, all right. There's no care to it from Magneto's end. What was your friendship and relationship about? And it ended. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... And so I I think the action is pretty well done here. Um, I still don't, I don't know another way they could have done Banshee's powers, but I, I wish there was another way they could have done it. I don't know. I, I feel like his powers just never quite got there. Um, But why was he in the water is my only question. (laughs) Right. Like I I don't understand (laughs) that part. Like (laughs) Like, underwater Banshee, go. How are you going (laughs) to scream underwater girl? (laughs) What are we doing? wouldn't he like choked drown yep. the water like yep. <laughs> like, like you have to draw breath to scream stupid <laughs> my little earth that came dumb. over there like dumb. stupid <laughs> <Just> stupid <laughs> so uh i you know i even like um uh, i i think at least zoe kravitz gets like kind of cool action scenes at least they do that for her until her wings uh, are burned off <laughs> right and she survives that (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i feel like they forget that's like an appendage like that's uh like part of her body yeah um but so xavier does a lot of screaming in these end scenes uh mystique does a lot of nothing um but again i i do like the costumes i this is for me the most enjoyable part of the movie uh so then we get like on the beach the missiles get fired i will say i really like magneto like just putting up his hand and stopping every single missile yeah i think it's like a very cool visual i really i like it um oh but now i'm doing the thing i said not to do but right before that scene when he does shove the coin through mashton shaw's head the intercut is so bad of it just silently going through kevin bacon's head and xavier screaming no yeah (laughs) that part is so silly yeah like you lose the power of it right like it's like mm, either keep him screaming or stop. Like and, it feels and, like a Family Guy bit. And, and, and also, like he's doing that, but still holding Shaw in a frozen position. So, right. like you're aiding and abetting this happening, but you're against it, <laughs> like, right? 
Like, but if you just let go, maybe this wouldn't happen, but you are still holding on, so it's definitely gonna happen. So right. I'm yeah. lost. <laughs> like, what do we what do we want to happen here? What what is, what is the end game? Yeah, like, sure, keep the Nazi there and let the coin roll through his head. But like, if you're screaming about it, then why are you keeping? I don't under yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, that's the part that I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, and also, I don't understand why he'd be so upset. Like, they, at this point, they have killed a bunch of people. Oh, a lot. So of them. many, so oh. many guys, so many guys. <laughs> and like, he's upset about Sebastian Shaw. Like, come on, who's literally a Nazi? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you know, we did say this on the Rise of the Skywalker um, podcast, which was like they slaughter so many stormtroopers and then it's like don't right. kill the emperor you'll be just like him <laughs> ridiculous or do because he's literally a nazi <laughs> like, yeah and i'm just like okay well if you're gonna have this like don't kill anybody policy then like literally have a don't kill anybody policy right so, like well don't, like i mean they were just underlings don't so. save it for like the big right. bad guy like that doesn't make sense yeah um Hands up. I've been dunking on this movie. I get emotional at the scene with the gunshot. I, I do. I do get emotional. That's a when choice. Moira come, when, <laughs> when Moira comes out and she's shooting him and he deflects the bullet and it hits Xavier. I, I think that that scene is done really well. And when Magneto like cradles Xavier in his arms. And this is a scene between like two ex-boyfriends who are still in love with each other, right? Like that's what this feels like. Like, I'm sorry we had to break up. I still love you. I didn't want it to end this way. But also, here we are. I mean, the like, their chemistry is bananas. And he even says, right. like, you were supposed to be next to me. You were supposed to be beside me. And then fucking tries to kill Moira and blame her, even yeah, though he did the I thing. Didn't understand. I didn't understand that. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, dude, you did it. Just, like, own up to it. That's your You fault. know what? I'm going to give Magneto some more credit. Magneto didn't paralyze Charles. Moira paralyzed Charles. You're going to shoot a metal bullet at Magneto and expect this to just yeah. go down well. After watching the whole missile display, like, <laughs> you just saw this happen, girl. Like, <laughs> why? I can't blame her. No, no. I, I feel like Magneto could have done that differently. He could, he, remember, he can freeze or he can control your, your iron and your blood. So yeah. Oh, yeah handle her differently if she's just a human yeah she could have been crushed easy but you know i don't know it was i mean i mean she, she's a very pretty plot device that's fine that's fine right yeah i mean yeah they don't even she's not even in days of future past and then we just like get her in apocalypse and then she just not... shows up <laughs> like, like uh, i'm in egypt now i'm a lady yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> so we get so then Magneto, you know, he does let Moira come and cradle Xavier. He, him and all the bad guys hold hands. Mystique, ugh, Mystique then says to Beast, never forget, mutant and proud, which is so dumb. So dumb. So it's dumb. Like she just found pride yesterday. Now she's the one person. Right. I see you, girl. I see you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, like, having just all these, like, just, like, Head white people like, just be like, yeah, blank, fill in the blank and proud. Like it's just like, yeah, yep. so you came out, great. you came out this morning, ma'am. <laughs> like, <laughs> you to calm down. <laughs> she's she's like every white twink putting out. A, I came out. YouTube she, video. she 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 is like the queen of like baby drag queen. She's like, I'm proud queen. <laughs> you are brand new. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so then they, you know, it's I. 
Okay. Did any did did anyone else feel that the I I did like the emotional beat of that. I did like not not Mystique, but like the Xavier, and like you know that it's like oh he's paralyzed and he says he can't feel his legs and you know like for me that did land. I don't know why because I did enjoy this movie, but I will well, say that all landed. Yeah, um, because you're easily manipulated, Ian. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> also fair. <laughs> didn't say it. I mean, all look. Right. I mean, look. I'm here, so that means something. <laughs> Dax and I were texting Dax and I were texting about Umbrella Academy and Dax was like, it's giving me feelings and I was like, it's okay to have some feelings and Dax was like, absolutely not <laughs> It's a waste of mascara <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Charlie, what did you think of that uh, that end between Xavier Magneto and him being paralyzed? Oh my god, I thought it was so beautiful um, I really do think that James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, like you said, have bananas chemistry with each other so it was really good to see that i also think they elevated the writing material because it's not that this was particularly well written i think that they really carried it and they really sold it afterwards like you said i wanted them to have an only fans because i would have watched it <laughs> i would uh, happily subscribe yeah, I was like, oh my god, make yeah. that happen, make that happen. Charge but I, too much money, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> but what I really like most about what they did with Eric and Charles in this movie that I don't think they quite pulled off in the other movies, except for maybe Logan, was making them complicated. You know, making Charles really have all of these flaws in the beginning. The fact that I still care about Charles, even though he has moments of being you know, not the greatest person and having his blinders on and not Charles is like the person in the real world who doesn't see the intersectionality between being queer and being a person of color. He's like that. I get that. Yeah, that's valid. So it's like, you can see that he's trying, but there's still a lot of growing for him to do. So you don't hate him. You're just kind of like, uh, you know, and with Eric, Eric is validated by the end of the movie because of what went down, you know? So it, it's a really complicated, volatile relationship. But I think that the original sin of the X-Men franchise is them leaning into the Eric Charles relationship too heavily at the expense of everything else. Yeah. So I appreciate them really, really capitalizing it on it in this movie. But when it comes to the other films, it's like, uh, enough. We've already... Then they just try to recreate this beat every fucking time. Over and over. It's just like we've seen yeah. this already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Victor, what do you think of that end? Um, I mean, I kind of agree with what Charlie was saying. It, it was, I really like the fact that we didn't get a completely, uh, well, you know, well balanced Xavier, but I do like the way that it kind of, I would have liked this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. I would have liked if Mystique didn't leave at that time at the, when, mm -hmm. on that island, that she probably would have left when they went home. Just where she had yeah. more... It, it, gone off on her own. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. make more sense for Mystique. Mystique has always been a loner. That's Mystique's whole thing. Like, yeah. she just is a loner. And then, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wish she hadn't just gone, gone off with Eric like that. I wish she had just definitely like done her own thing because that seems more... Um, in character like she would have gone home to take care of charles make sure he was like you know alive and not bleeding out or whatever and then once he was like stable to be like and i'm gonna go <laughs> just like skip yeah. that would make more sense 
Because, I mean, you know, the question becomes, like, when is she going to go off and be Nightcrawler's mom? Like, when is she going to go off and do that is my question, you know? It would have made more sense because when you think about um, Days of Future Past, she was already on her own. So it was like maybe that would have made more sense if she would have went on her own, you know, considering that Eric was trying to kill her. So right. it might have been best if she just would have left on her own. Yeah, and also I feel like the fact that we were the opening beat of the movie is like presenting them as childhood friends so it feels almost a little shitty that she's leaving her childhood best friend when he's just gotten paralyzed Mm -hmm. and leaving with the man who paralyzed like she's just like sorry i gotta go like this whole movie is like you're leaving with the person who just did the thing (laughs) that you don't like the the I, I feel like, Adam, I'm thinking of you with uh, Storm in X2 when you're like, the most powerful mutant there. And she's like, I've done all I can. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> the children. The children. <laughs> what else am I doing here? I, I, I've done my bit. <laughs> but so then, you know, we, Xavier kisses Moira. She loses her memory, which I didn't remember. I don't remember how it's fixed in Apocalypse. Genuinely don't care. Um, uh, he, uh, she thinks that, like, like uh, this is her first time meeting or whatever, and then at the very end, he gives her memories back, and, uh, and she's like, oh, so you mind-raped me. Cool. Let's be yeah, friends. Like, he's, like, like, <laughs> he's, like, dosing all these wit- like, <sighs> That's, like, his whole thing. I mean, but Xavier's... I mean, that's something he would do just because he can. Because he's privileged. <laughs> like, So... We go. We cut back to Emma Frost because the movie forgot about her for like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. And sure, why don't we go back to her? Yeah, who's uh, who's still in the same room for like three days, <laughs> like, just chilling, <laughs> eating eating one cracker, just one solitary cracker. Full. Like, mm, and Magneto, <laughs> they give him a new look, and that outfit I think is rough. Oh, it is. Rough. I mean, on Ian McKellen it would work, but on Michael Fassbender, and he can wear everything or nothing at all and get on my face, it's fine. Um, uh, it just, it was a choice. It was a hard, it was a hard choice. And it did not work well. I mean, like, Ian McKellen could pull it off because he's just that, like, overly regal and gay. He could pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> but Michael yeah. Fassbender, that cape was wearing him, girl. Like, <laughs> This pashmina has got to go. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's accurate. The shape, like, it's just too big, and it just, the colors, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's shapeless and weird, and I don't know why it's, I'm cho- it's choking me right now, but I, I'm still gonna wear it. <sighs> yeah, it just seemed, it seemed cumbersome, if nothing and, else. And again, like you said, Adam, it's a whole lot of, like, he tried to murder Emma last time he saw her. <laughs> a lot. And he's like, like, it's very clear that they had, like, they were given an outline that just says, this happens, this happens, she has to go away with him at the end. And they were just like, <laughs> fingers crossed, people buy it, and, and Jennifer Lawrence pulls it off. Like, and she, you know, so it, it, just that. At, at least, like, Emma gave, like, a shrug, like, meh, okay. <laughs> like, at least she was like, meh, why not? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. bored of this room now, I guess I'll leave it. Um, but, 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 but then we never see her ever again in life. <laughs> so. in, well, Days of the Future Past, which I do Hands up, I love. I do love oh, it. I okay. still love you gotta, it. You gotta go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they do They do have, like, that one line, which they love to do in these X-Men movies, where they, like, mention that, like, Banshee, Angel, Emma were all murdered. Like, that's like, oops, they are all dead. We did nothing to save them. What could we do? Yeah, yeah. don't look into it. That's just where it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what could we have done? <laughs> yeah, Literally we're only super powerful mutants. Yeah. Mm. Nope. Sorry, not my problem. So, all right. We're at the end. Uh, I'm gonna... I'm going to go ahead and go first. My favorite scene is still, I said it a million times, that scene between Magneto and Xavier on the beach. Um, Victor, what's your favorite scene? 
favorite scene um, when they met Angel. I thought that was like a, a good scene. Okay, okay. Uh, Charlie, what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is Raven calling Charles out on his shit in the kitchen. Uh, Dax. Mine would have to be Emma Frost in the, in, uh, the Soviet Union. Um, well, the cape and the fur hat situation, but also when she has that general um, in bed with what he thinks is her. And she's watching him with the one saltine. <laughs> she's just like, pathetic. Because Emma would do that. She's not going to fuck anybody. You think she is. She's not gonna. She would never. Right. Yeah. That, you're right. That is like one of the like true to Emma Frost scenes. Like, Adam, what's your favorite scene? Um, Probably <laughs> like sort of the Inglorious Bastards vibe of that like Swiss village, sort of Swiss bar, sort of. Like, oh, the one in. Uh, and the knife around the, around the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, and now we're going to grade the episode. Uh, Charlie, what grade do you give this grade the episode? Grade the movie. Charlie, what grade do you give this movie? Uh, oh my God. All right, this is hard. I did enjoy it, but I'm still mm, B minus. All right, all right. That's that generous. Might be, I was say, that might be the most generous grade. Uh, Dax, what grade do you give it? Can I give it a grade X? <laughs> just, just nope. <laughs> just, just cross off. Dead. Get rid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, it's a movie. It got made. It, it, it created jobs. Um, it put X Men. Creator. <laughs> it employed people. it employed people i mean you know what the cast and crew was amazing i mean like hands up uh, hats off to the uh cinematographers and the grips they did they they did that i'm gonna, I'm gonna say like i'm gonna say an f i'm sorry <laughs> like <laughs> bye girl <laughs> i can't all right uh adam what grade do you give it yeah i give it a d plus um they're, they're doing a few things correct um needs improvement but if, if we're great on a pass fail i'd say fail <laughs> okay I, I i'm aligned with victor i give it a c minus um all right thank you all for joining us and thank you all for listening if you liked slayer fest 98 you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean and google play and you can support us on patreon which helps keep the podcast going you get access to mini episodes and our private facebook group and our behind the scenes videos you want to follow us on social media we are at slayerfest x 98 on all platforms and if you want to follow me i am at ian x carlos on all platforms <coughs> um victor where can everyone find you um you can find me at wonderman5 on twitter um also you can find um me on instagram as well and you can also find my other podcasts on twitter as well mega Shane. I was just going to tell you, don't forget to promote your podcast. Um, Charlie, where can everyone find you? Everybody can find me at my Instagram, charlie.peppers. Uh, that's my handle. And yeah, say hi. And promote your series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promote my series. I created <laughs> a show. It's called Savage. We just launched the trailer for it. If you want to follow that, series right on Instagram. and you can support us and watch all of our hard work thank you ian yeah um dax where can everyone find you <laughs> i can be found um on all social media platforms at at daxclamation that's d-a-x-c-l-a-m-a-t-i-o-n i'm on instagram i'm on twitter i'm on tiktok i'm on patreon as well patreon.com backslash daxclamation d-a-x-c-l-a-m-a-t-i-o-n yes 
And Adam, where can everyone find you and where can they get your book? Ooh, yay. So everybody can mostly find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass, on Instagram at it's Adam Sass, and then you can pre-order my upcoming debut young adult thriller, Surrender Your Sons, which is coming out September 15th. Not sure when this is airing, but um, I'm sure it's before then. So this is in the future. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much. And I'll see you all next time. Bye.